0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. While you were sleeping last night, while you were sleeping, history was made, and it wasn't necessarily, well, it definitely wasn't, the good type of history. I don't want to get into that too quickly. I want to get into it, just not... uh, A lot going on with this legislation and and so forth that's uh, been been working its way through the Senate. They wait till you go to sleep to pass this. This, by the way, Heritage, Pounda- Heritage Foundation reports, is the biggest, the largest tax and spill bi- tax and spend bill, if I can spit it out there, in the history of the world. The lar- Listen to that. The largest tax and spend bill in the history of the world. That was passed, passed the Senate, I should say, last night. And so there's been some shenanigans happening here, shenanigans in the Senate, in Congress, budget reconciliation. Remember, this is a tool whereby the Senate can effectively bypass, they can bypass normal means for passing legislation they can bypass the senate rules they can bypass the filibuster and they can work with just a simple majority so it's deliberately as is usually the case deliberately confusing because there's two bills one of the bills is a 1.1 i think trillion dollars so-called infrastructure bill that nancy pelosi insisted was tied to another budget reconciliation bill that had all sorts of wish list items for the radical left tucked inside of it. Now we're told we're told that this is Biden's kind of signature piece of legislation. This is this is Biden's uh, this is what he was elected to do. Right? Now I just want to tell you don't be fooled by that gibberish and nonsense. Biden was not elected to do anything in fact, there's some out there that would say Biden wasn't elected. I'm just reporting here Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. I'm just simply saying some people think that surely I should be able to to say that without calling into question the integrity of the twenty twenty election. but Biden was' elected even if you even if you agree and they believe that they're These states' um, electors should not be questioned or should not have been questioned on January 6th and all this other stuff if you believe that there was no substantial fraud. And you believe the numbers that were given, 80 million or whatever it was, Americans voting for Joseph R. Biden, if that is in fact what actually is accurate, just for the sake of discussion here just for this just for framing this if that's what happened the 80 million people that voted for Joe Biden did not vote for this i don't remember i follow this stuff closely i mean you could probably take sound bites here and there but you could take sound bites from here and there and say that Biden wanted exactly the opposite of what was in this piece of legislation this monstrosity again two pieces of legislation one is infrastructure a budget reconciliation bill that comes along right after it. The, the infrastructure bill was bipartisan, which, by the way, what happened to bipartisanship being the most important thing in Washington, D.C.? Just a quick lesson, and I know many of you know this. Some of you may not. Some of you may be newer to the political scene and welcome. It doesn't matter. Some folks are, have been doing this for their entire lives and studying these things and understand and know who the left is, know how politicians work, know how the media works and some people are fully aware that when republicans are in power bipartisanship is the most important thing if something happens without a democrat vote we had better examine ourselves we had better look at in the mirror at ourselves and question just how much we want to bring about healing and restoration in this country right bipartisanship is paramount How are we going to find ways to get things done together? All voices need to be heard, right? You don't hear, well, you hear it from certain folks, but you don't hear it from our politicians, Republican politicians, when they win elections to say elections have consequences. That's what comes from people like Barack Obama and the Democrats. And I say, you know what? Good for them, at least they have the... I don't know, the the backbone to do what they think they were elected to do or what they want people to believe they were elected to do, which is not at all what happened. But bipartisanship used to be important. When Democrats are in control, bipartisanship doesn't matter. In fact, I could read you headlines. I could read you headlines and lines from articles that I've read, and I've read quite a bit on this infrastructure bill. It entertains me, to say the least, how this is framed. Democrats got to keep all 50 of their votes in the Senate or this is in trouble. And I just want to chuckle and say, are you kidding me? If this, was, if this was what Republicans were doing and they were in charge, this would be this would be just I, – I mean this would be Armageddon. The people in the United States of America would be told constantly by the likes of Jim Acosta, who's still out there trying to come up with other – Republican governors to name COVID variants after. But they would, they would be losing their ever-loving minds. This would be such a threat to our democracy. How could this nation heal after going through a, a very divisive election season? Now you're having bipartisan legislation, not just, excuse me, non-bipartisan legislation, legislation that's passed strictly along party lines. And see, the first piece of the legislation, the infrastructure bill, was passed with bipartisan support. The second part was passed with zero Republican votes. And this is in the Senate again. This has to go through the House. But 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 this is this is not bipartisan. And you know I fault the Republicans. Republicans go along with this nonsense and there were well I think 18 or 19 Republicans that voted for the infrastructure bill Both of the senators in Indiana voted no. Kudos, uh, Mike Braun. I mean, he's he's pretty principled in a lot of ways against some of this government spending and out-of-control nonsense. Todd Young was actually one of the folks who was trying to negotiate this thing. There were three Republicans who were trying to negotiate a bipartisan piece of legislation that are ending up voting no against this stuff. That was the first infrastructure bill. Which, of course, led to the the second monstrosity, the largest tax and spend bill in the history, again, as Heritage Foundation has reported, in the history of the world. We just saw that pass through the Senate. History was made as you slept, as I slept last night. But that's the reality. Bipartisanship does not matter when the left is in charge. It only matters when Republicans are in charge. And this legislation has tucked within it all sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff that the left conveniently doesn't have to go through and pass item by item. In fact, they don't even have to really debate this. And again, as I said here a few minutes ago, this is not what Biden campaigned on. Biden campaigned to what degree he campaigned when he got actually out of his house, when he stood on stage in front of 50 vehicles, some of those vehicles honking their horns, undoubtedly because the driver of that vehicle fell asleep listening to Biden talk. Oh, better jump up, honey. I dozed off listening to this joker up here talking about God only knows what. But Biden wasn't out there actively arguing for any of these things. Biden was simply campaigning that he wasn't Trump. This was, this was the campaign strategy. So Biden and the left did not have a a mandate to push this stuff through, but they want you to think that they do. They want you to think... In fact, Bernie's out there leading the charge on this. Bernie. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is basically the point man on the in the Senate on this. Let's just listen to some of the things that are tucked away. Not in the infrastructure bill. That thing has its own problems. We're going to jump to the larger spending bill, this budget reconciliation plan that our bill that does not include a single Republican vote, Democrats need to be held accountable for this. They know they're going to be held accountable for this. In fact, when this goes into the House, we'll see what happens. Will these moderate that that's really the only hope at this point we have of stopping this is for a handful a handful of moderate Democrats to the degree that moderate Democrats exist. so it, to get them to not want to support this. So every single person in the House of Representatives, every person in the House is going to be up for re-election in about a year, right, in the 2022 midterm elections. And they know – so this is where we actually it, – it's, it's beneficial to know human nature. It's beneficial to know that these professional politicians exist first and foremost to get themselves elected and reelected. This is where it actually benefits the people because the heat needs to be turned up, politically speaking, on these so-called moderate Democrats. And I don't even know that there's such a thing in the House of Representatives as a a moderate Democrat. What exists are Democrats who I think are all radicalized today. I mean look at who they support and vote for and what's on their party's platform. But I think there are Democrats who represent people – who their job, these representatives' job, is to hoodwink and to convince the people that voted for them that they're not radical, that they are moderate, that they are middle of the road, that they are not extreme. And here's the opportunity. So now you have this big piece of legislation. And so what we have to do is we have to communicate just how radical, expensive, and fundamentally transforming this legislation is to This great nation, the United States of America, Washington Examiner, headline here, Free Community College, Preschool, and Amnesty for Millions. Senate unveils $3.5 trillion budget plan. I'm just going to read a piece of this. This was from a couple of days ago. Senate Democrats this week plan to begin debating a $3.5 trillion budget resolution that would pay for universal preschool, free community college, paid family and medical leave, and expanded Medicare benefits as well as provide a pathway to citizenship for millions of illegal immigrants. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wrote to fellow Democrats early Monday to outline the budget plan, which lawmakers are likely to vote on this week after passing the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure package. That is exactly what happened last night, yesterday, last night, and early this morning, whenever that vote was actually cast. The plan includes new green energy initiatives and extends the child tax credit and will be paid for with wealth wealth excuse me tax hikes on businesses and the wealthy the measure would provide green cards to millions of illegal immigrants and their families who work in the nation's agriculture sector uh, section sector if i can spit that out too at the core at its core, this is Chuck Schumer writing, this legislation is about restoring the middle class in the 21st century and giving more Americans the opportunity to get there. The heck it is. This is about fundamentally transforming the United States of America. This is about the redistribution of wealth. This is about this is about class warfare. This is about an assault on the American way of life, the American dream. This is about conforming people, moving us towards socialist ideas and policies away from constitutional concepts. That's what this is about. Schumer continued, by making education, health care, child care, and housing more affordable, we can give tens of millions of families a leg up. Are you kidding me? I want you to name for me. I was thinking about this the other day. I want you to name for me one thing, one thing the government has made, more affordable. You know who makes college less affordable? It's the stinking federal government folks. It is the federal government. They make money available. All sorts of money is available. And so because more money is available, because there is n- there are no downward pressures on the cost of college, guess what happens? Oh my goodness, it goes up. Of course, it goes up. What in the world? Do they make cars more affordable? The federal government? Do they make cars more affordable? Right now, with what you're looking at across the, uh, the landscape of this country, real estate prices, vehicle prices, gas prices, I mean, we literally have inflationary prices that are unlike what we've seen in quite a while. And they are continuing to go up, and this bill is not going to help them, not going to help that. Inflation is a real thing. In fact, dangerous levels, serious levels of inflation are a very, very real thing. The purchasing power of the dollar, I mean, it's all all a mess because these jokers do not know, well, they do know what they're doing. Because it's not about any of that. It's about moving America fundamentally in one direction. It's uh, rewriting, if you will, what America is at its core. It's taking that constitution and shredding it or taking white out to it and rewriting our foundational documents and what this nation is all about. It's building this nation upon socialist thought and not upon free market economics is about top-down government control, redistribution of wealth instead of freedom and liberty for the individual to go out to succeed and fail on his or her own. The focus is on whether or not you have as much as the wealthiest instead of realizing that we all are immensely blessed because, because of the growth of the economy. And yes, there will be extremes. There will be extremes and there will be billionaires, but there's also lots of millionaires. There's also lots of opportunities and things that exist in this country because, because of how it was established. But yet they've got people hating one another because they've got more money than them, or because their skin color is different, or because God only knows what. You got white people apologizing for their white guilt. Something you'll never hear from me, apologize. If you hear me apologize, you know what it's going to be for? It's going to be for something I've done. It's going to be for something I've done, not because of something I am, not because I'm a man, not because I'm a Christian, not because I'm a conservative, not because uh, I'm white, I'm a parent, whatever. Not because I voted for Trump in 2020 or 2016 or whatever. It's going to be because of something that I've done specifically. Which sometimes I need to apologize every once in a while. But you get the point here. That's not that's not what the Democrat the Democrats want you to apologize for something someone else did. Again, as I've said before, I think this is a truth as well. The radical left wants you to believe that everybody's responsible for everybody else. You're responsible because someone somewhere doesn't have something that they want or need, and then they go out and do something bad. That's society's fault at large. But yet, remarkably, no one is responsible for the things he or she does specifically. It's the exact opposite of the way that it should work. And so all this stuff leads to this big convoluted mess. We have a dumpster fire in the United States right now because of radical leftist policies. And we're just scratching the surface on this $3.5 trillion. And who knows what will actually be the price tag when this thing is all said and done. But the biggest tax and spending bill in the history of the world passed the Senate last night. Remarkable. And it redefines. Folks, it redefines. It has tucked within it multiple issues, multiple things that... We're not even debating. Th- there is literally no debate on these things. It's just tucked away in this bill. We're told that it's Biden's signature piece of legislation. He campaigned on it. Democrats have a mandate, supposedly. There was no election fraud or anything to be concerned with there. And suddenly, we should just accept what it's about to come out of Washington, D.C. So, quick timeout. Talk a little bit after the break about hopefully... Hopefully some of these moderate Democrats or Democrats that represent moderate districts maybe not being able to get away with voting for this thing. We'll see. I'm not super hopeful for that, but maybe maybe that does have a chance. But timeout is necessary, really long in this segment. Sit tight back in just a minute. My friends, by the way, by the way, this program—I got I to gotta say something here. This program brought to you by my good friend Scott VeerCamp. Well, Scott VeerCamp Real Estate. He, he, and his team—they took great care of us. We, for those of you who don't know, we've uh, we've recently sold our house, and we are beginning the process. Of um, well we're gonna be traveling the country and doing what we're calling the truth tour so we'll be coming uh, to a location near you at some point uh, around this country and we're working on syndicating the program and just just doing some speaking engagements and that sort of thing as well but just want to say kudos to scott and his team scott's a great a great guy i'd even say a He and I become friends and uh, took really good care of us. And Check him out if you're looking for a realtor. Look, I know everybody knows a realtor, but it's the largest person, uh, purchase, not person, purchase most people make. You better be sure that you have someone that knows what they're doing, has the experience. Scott's uh, done this for decades now. Remind him that he's old if you do talk to him, but (laughs) he's done this for decades now and um, I, I were very pleased with, with him and the things that he did and how he navigated uh, this process for us. So just want to to mention him and just, uh, thank him for his, uh, support. And that's one of our advertisers. You can find more by visiting support our com. So I said before the break, I said before the break that I wanted to, talk a little bit about potential hope for stopping this legislation, which we've kind of gone into a little bit, not specifically what's in it. We've hit some of the high points, Uh, pathway to citizenship, um, gee was free community college, free preschool, um, expansion of Medicare, paid family and medical leave, that's again just just scratching the surface here, but where we stand now, this thing is past the Senate, and again, with literally no Republican support, it is not bipartisan. It is the antithesis of a bipartisan piece of legislation. It's the sort of thing that if Trump and Republicans were in charge in Washington D.C., we, we would be being told right now that this is dangerous. It is taking advantage of a Very political, volatile situation. This would probably lead to escalations and riots in the streets if this sort of thing was happening. If Trump were in office, Republicans were calling the shots. Republicans would be charged or accused of trying to throw gasoline on a fire, on a political fire in this nation. But when Democrats are in charge, it's all cool. They don't need one Republican vote. They can do whatever they want. They can pack as many things into this reconciliation bill as they deem necessary, and no one has any questions about this. We just move right along. We add hundreds of billions of dollars to the debt and deficit. Nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care. I mean, conservatives and people that comment on this, but no one in the media, no one really in government. I mean, I don't really hear a lot of people railing on this, but this is a big a big deal. The only hope that we have now of this thing not passing is to increase pressure on Democrats who are running for re-election in districts that maybe Trump won, or that maybe are just equally split, or maybe even slightly red districts. I'm reminded of people like Connor Lamb uh, when he won a special election in Pennsylvania when he pretended to be more conservative than he was. This happens a lot of times. These Democrats sound more like Republicans when they run. But then again, when they get to D.C., they vote with Nancy Pelosi. They vote with, in many instances, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Pressley, Elon Omar, Corey Bush, who's out there promoting and telling Americans to give money to a single mom who's about to be evicted with the help of CNN. Cori Bush out there doing the heart signs with her hands as she's being interviewed, telling this phony, I mean, this person who's making up a lie how much she loves her. She's trying to keep her from losing her house. They have a GoFundMe page, Cori Bush and CNN promote it. This person's not even the mother. I mean, it's just, it's... I don't want to get into the story, but this is the sort of stuff that we're again subjected to. This is the, these are the sort of people that these so-called moderate Democrats are walking arm in arm with in Washington, Washington D.C. These are radical people. These are people who do not like America as founded. They do not like our founding principles. They do not like the Constitution or the Declaration or liberty. They like government. They like control. They like Manipulating and calling the shots. They like dividing people. They like capitalizing off of that. They like taking money from one person and giving it to another and calling that charity and the right thing. That's what they like. That's what they do. And here's a chance for these so called moderate Democrats in the House to prove that they're not quite as radicalized as their counterparts. Because if some of these vote for this legislation, they will almost certainly lose. They may be losing these elections anyway. The midterm election is typically not a good place, uh, not a good race to be running if you are in the party that just won the presidential election from the previous, you know, the previous election in 2020. Statistically, if you're a House Democrat. The odds of you losing your seat just went up because of what happened in 2020. You factored that with things like this. I go back in my memory bank and go and go back to the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, and what happened in 2009, 2010. In the 2010 midterms, Democrats got shellacked. It was the very same setup that we're looking at. The first term of a Democrat president Um. They had won in 2008. They got a little cocky. They they went radical. They passed the the Affordable Care Act. They used some questionable tactics. I mean, it's very similar to what we're dealing with here. And they paid the political consequence. In fact, in this state, there used to be a politician that was a representative named Baron Hill. Baron Hill was vanished from the scene after that, right? I mean, there's there's others as well. In fact, I went to that town hall. You can Google it. He sat, He stood there in front of the group at the town hall meeting. And he said, this is my town hall meeting. It's not your not your town hall meeting. If you don't shut up, I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to take my ball and go home. That's on, I'm interpreting, but that's the essence of what he said. This is my town hall meeting is what he said to us. I remember it distinct, uh, distinctly. Anyway, this... That's the hope that exists right now. So-called moderate House Democrats, will they vote for these radical concepts? I mean, we have to accept the possibility, even the strong possibility, that this thing's going to end up as the law of the land. But that's the one thing that we have in our arsenal to stop this, is to try to articulate what's in this thing. The price tag, the amount of debt that it adds the way that it fundamentally transforms uh, transforms our country. Bernie Sanders is the point, man. In fact, maybe I'll read from Bernie. Bernie's got an op-ed out there arguing for this thing. I'll read a little from it to give you an idea of why he's out. Of course, we know why he's promoting it, but to hear what he's saying. And let's see if these so-called moderate Democrats want to be associated with this. They will. Many of them will lose re-election if they vote for this. Again, some of them may lose anyway, but many of them are going to get defeated, and they don't want that. So there's probably discussions behind closed doors. Hey, if you lose, you can be an ambassador here. You can be working on K Street there. You could write your book about this. But still, a lot of these folks don't want to actually lose it's not common, not super common for incumbents to lose, and that's a little bit embarrassing. So, we've got human pride to deal with here. We actually have that in our favor here. We have human nature and, and just the nature of these folks working in our favor. Oz is highly annoyed at me because I need to take a break. And she's right. Quick timeouts necessary. Sit tight. Listen to conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. My friend's been texting with a buddy of mine who was there with me. I remember us being there in the crowd, this Baron Hill Town Hall meeting back. I think it was August. It was around this time. It was on their August recess. And these jokers came home to some infuriated constituents. Infuriated constituents. And that's what's going to happen at certain well. Assuming people know what just happened, right? Because they're going to be told this was bipartisan and it was infrastructure. That's not what this was. In fact, that was just kind of the gateway drug here. I mean, the what's bipartisan and in infrastructure is literally probably less than 1% of everything. 1% of everything, which was the first piece of legislation, and it was just a fraction of the legislation because – Democrats consider everything. Everything is now infrastructure, right? Remember that whole redefin- uh, redefining of words. The good, the left's good at this. Remember Clinton. Clinton's still out there trying to figure out what the definition of "is" is. Remember that back in the Monica Lewinsky days, but ten ten years ago, eleven years ago, I guess now, could have been twelve. It could have been two thousand nine. I think it was two thousand ten, but it could have been two thousand nine when he stood up there. And wagged his finger at us, Baron Hill, a so-called blue dog Democrat, a southern Democrat, Reagan Democrat, supposedly. Baron Hill out there voting for the Affordable Care Act. Same thing is going to happen here. And these, these guys and, and, and girls in office and all the other genders, these folks have survival instincts. They don't want to lose. They don't want to lose elections. They don't want to go back. And have town halls where people are going to ask them about this, about making a pathway for citizenship to illegal aliens. I mean, they don't want to – especially on a budget reconciliation bill. Is that the way to do this? Of course it's not the way to do this. There's literally no debate. There's no Republican input. This stuff isn't even part of the, the discourse. It's just shoved into – I mean we always have – this is I guess in the background of everything or some of these recurring political debates about abortion or you know, illegal immigration or take your pick of the issue. Those things I guess to some degree are always in the background or going on to some extent somewhere, but it's not been part – we haven't had a focused debate on these issues. They're just going to tuck it away in here. They've got the votes. They've got the power. You're not going to do anything about it. They've got the media who's going to help give them political cover, who's going to tell you this was infrastructure, who's not going to point out that it was the largest, as Heritage Foundation has pointed out, the largest tax and spending bill in the history of the world. We made history. Made history. This is going to cause inflationary problems. This is going to cause all sorts of all sorts of problems. You know, tucked away in the infrastructure bill is some sort of a, a test that's going to consider, consider the possibility of billing American taxpayers per mile that you drive. That's Pete boot edge edge out there coming up with new ways to fund our nation's highways because we've stolen from all these funds to give them away to someone else, some other social program. These things are all bankrupt. We're told that they're not. Social Security is totally bankrupt. It's it's literally quite literally a Ponzi scheme. Totally fine. If Social Security administrators were treated like Bernie Madoff, they'd all be in the clink right now. And Bernie Madoff, of course, recently just passed away and I read some stories on on the last days of his life, very very bad stuff. Just bad situation, but and this is this is where we are. I mean, we we have an unmitigated disaster. That has been ushered in by Biden and the radical left with the cover of the media. And Republicans aren't fighting and being as vociferous as they should be. They're really just trying to, you know, position themselves to win in twenty twenty two. How can we take these bad political moves of the Democrats and win an election? Okay, I can accept that to some point. But we have to win this fight. This is this is bad and dangerous stuff that's coming out of Washington DC. And what are we going to do about it? Just win the next election and sit on our hands for two years until Democrats regain majorities and pick up right where they left off? The only politician I know that's actually tried to reverse these things is President Trump, and I'm supposed to believe that he's the spawn of Satan himself. Although I did see a piece by MSNBC that said DeSantis is actually more dangerous. Ron DeSantis is more dangerous than Trump. (laughs) So they've already moved on, I, which is crazy to me because I literally thought that Trump was Satan after listening to the Democrats talk about him. Now DeSantis is worse. Shows you what they're afraid of, my friends. That's a quick timeout's necessary, really long. I'm off schedule today. Oz is basically all but giving up hope to get me back on track. But i got to take a timeout. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. We got another message here from a listener who says, I don't know if this is he or she, He, this person just writes in, I'm a listener and I remember that town hall. My daughter, he or she writes here, was one of the two IU students that refused, uh, that he refused, that's Baron Hill refused to talk to, who were literally just asking him questions for a school paper they were doing, I'm pretty sure. Well, his, he goes on to say here, she goes on to say that her, his or her daughter was on Fox News talking about that. But that, those things are etched into the memory of people that lived through them, people in this audience. If you, if you were around and paying attention in 2000, we think it was 2009, 12 years ago. It was this time of year. It was during the August recess. I do remember that. 2000, 2009, 12 years ago. These things are I mean people were infuriated especially when you look at the tactics and techniques that were used and the arrogance the absolute condescending arrogance of Baron Hill that night was I just mind numbing to me but you know when you're in uh, I don't like to say that I, these things expose character right i mean this and it, it brings to the light who who we're, we're dealing with. And so there's the possibility that when some of these folks come home, I hope they do face, face town halls or people that are concerned like they were back in 2009 with ACA. Gotta run. Timeouts necessary. Back in just a minute. You know, I guess thinking about the the town hall meetings back in 2009 about the Affordable Care Act and just the way that this is squaring up, the way this is squaring up to match possibly. I'm not suggesting it'll be the same thing, but it, there's a lot of similarities between 2009 and 2021. Just reminds me that, folks, we do have the power. They do. They do fear... The voter. That's why they want to often deceive you, confuse you and me. They don't want us they don't want to go on record. They wanna have all these double standards and they wanna hide behind things. They wanna be arrogant jerks at their town halls. They don't wanna face us. We still got power. We still have hope. I've gotta go. S D G, hang in there. See you tomorrow. Take care.